A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Is Daniel Medvedev the best tennis player in the world? Male. Catherine Whitaker. That is the question that was hanging in the air on our WhatsApp chat late last night. Matt Roberts is here. It all kicked off. Um, Generally speaking, he has caused some consternation in tennis podcast towers over the last 12 hours. Uh, So we've got uh, Daniel Medvedev to talk about because he is the new champion in Shanghai. We've got Alexander Zverev, his defeated final opponent to talk about Stefano Tsitsipas, uh, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Andy Murray, Coco Golf. We've got our Davis Cup finals in Madrid competition winner to give a call to once we've found out who's won it. Oh my word, there's so much to talk about. So answer my question, Catherine. Well, you were one long pause and one word away from me having to do an Andy Murray impersonation. Or I say having to, me delighting in doing an Andy Murray impersonation. But well, alas... Do it, any, do it anyway. Female player. That wasn't my <laughs> oh, best. wasn't my best. I, just, I, th- I thought it was going to be, I'm getting closer. <laughs> no. I didn't... I, I wasn't aware... Chip in here, Matt. But I wasn't aware that was specifically what we were arguing about last night. Well, I thought it was one of those situations where the tennis podcast was about to end. <laughs> <laughs> given the amount of back and forth that was going on. But I'm gradually getting used to that just being the norm. Well, I thought the world was about to end, Matt, because David was being so downbeat and pessimistic and it made me feel like the world was falling off its axis. For I the think, second I think, time in I seven think you days. might have broken him last week. Yeah, I mean, if we if we just go back in time a little bit... <laughs> I like bit, where this conversation's should, going. <laughs> we should probably do this in chronological order. Yes, we will be talking Daniel Medvedev and all the massive tennis stories of the world uh, in the next few moments. But yeah, let's just go back six days, shall we? Because when we last came to you from the Beefeater pub in Solihull all together, uh, we were on the brink of the showdown between... Uh, the Solihull showdown between Matt and myself. It was a Matt happier time. Yeah, and, uh, and it was going to be staged at the Henley and Arden Club on hard courts, sadly. And, oh. um, yeah, uh, it, 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 it all 
happened, folks, and we got to two games all. I had Love 30 on Matt's serve. Before then, that, it was two Love, though. But, yeah, anyway. but then I staged this heroic comeback, <laughs> and then I started to get a back problem, and I'd got a heavy cold, and it wasn't my surface. And from two games all, Love 30, things just went a bit off, and um, I ended up losing... Um, oh. 10 of the next 11 games uh, and 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 yes got defeated heavily sadly so yeah that 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 happened and so that that was the first time that Catherine saw me particularly downbeat i think you you said i don't think i've ever seen you this d- dejected <laughs> it was really really disconcerting genuinely i was mm. trying to do pep talks and David Law was throwing tantrums. Everything was wrong. Everything was upside yeah. down. So what, what did you make of, uh, of what you saw down the other end, Matt? <laughs> what a question. That was a hospital pass, yeah. Well, I think in the warm-up, I described you as Fernando Gonzalez without the spectacular forehand. <laughs> but what because, is Fernando Gonzalez without well, his forehand? Essentially a slice. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. I did hit that one-handed half-folly passing shot, which I think was an accident. Um, that was unreal, yeah. That that flew yeah. past me at an angle that I didn't know existed. Um, you needed a trip to the to the loo with Federer and Nadal. I did need that, yeah. Which is I what did. I was trying to impart, um, but uh, it fell, fell on rather deaf I mean, ears. I mean, how was it for you, Catherine? Because you did a lot of content on... <laughs> Instagram, but I think you know, I have the to keep art myself of, entertained, Matt. Well, well, the art of social media is basically making things look better than they actually are, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, I, and I think I think you did quite a good job on of that on uh, on Instagram. What the, you made that was better than in reality. <laughs> oh. I can t- I can tell you I can tell you, David, that when my when my brother watched the videos back, he said David's come on a lot because, of course, he was a first hand. <laughs> I won three First games. First-hand witness to what happened five years ago, which oh, wasn't pretty. No. Um, and he was, he, his breath was taken away, Matt, by your backhand. Yeah, so, so was mine. Oh, I was wind, <laughs> winded, heavily winded. Um, yeah, it's Matt's been got compared a to um, Alex Varev's best player in the world at the moment, uh, Daniil Medvedev. Oh, yeah, I was. It was, it was I, I, I preferred that comparison to the Sam Query one, which someone came up with. But I guess that's also a compliment. But yeah, I mean, he's top fifty in the world. Yeah. The, the backhand, the, he does lean, lean on a backhand, folks. But anyway, the the request for a rematch has gone in on a on a different day on a different service. Stop banging on um, about the surface. And well, you know, it's undignified, David. These are the factors. <laughs> this that, that this we have is to worse than the, the defeat. Um, right. Okay. We've had enough of that. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so These are, it's, it- it's 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 a foreshadowing of the sort of debates we're going to be having when uh, Federer and Nadal have both retired, and we'll be speculating about. But if if every slam was played on clay, Nadal would yeah. be the undis- undisputed greatest of all time. I thought you were going to describe Matt and me as next gen for a minute. <laughs> well, next Matt hopes. has been described as such as, on our Instagram. Yeah, the words were the true next gen. Crikey. It's Matt has happened. never been so into uh, Instagram comments. 
So Daniel yeah. Medvedev used to be used to be next gen, and he's now very much now gen, isn't he? Um, and look, he was superb, wasn't he? he? Won the title in Shanghai. He has backed up the U.S. Open final and the three successive finals in the summer, and the Cincinnati title with a St. Petersburg title, and now he's gone and beaten everybody in Shanghai. Albeit there was no Nadal, he didn't play Federer. He didn't play Djokovic, but he absolutely hammered Zverev in the final. I think it was three love after a few minutes. Zverev got it back to three all, and that's when I, I joined the match. I'd read that little report, but then I was really taken aback by how ordinary Zverev looked compared to him, and I couldn't work out whether that was Zverev really underperforming or whether it is what Medvedev does to you or certainly did to him anyway I mean he had a 4-0 head-to-head going in Zverev that, that's the thing that really shocks me but they hadn't played since Toronto last year and um, things have obviously changed significantly for both of them since uh, since Toronto last year was it Toronto yes it was because it was Montreal this year um, I, I think it's a combination of the both that is what Medvedev does to you but Zverev just had no ways at all to hurt Medvedev, none, none. I mean, he he was trying to mix it up a bit and come to the net. Um, and as much as I admire that play and generally like to see it, it is rarely fruitful for Zverev because he is, I mean, he's a poor volleyer, isn't he, by top player standards. It's rare, it's rare that a top 10 player is that poor at volleying. I know a lot of people would say that's been a neglected skill since the sort of death or dormancy um of seven volley tennis but he he's definitely poor there which is perhaps why he forces himself to to come to the net so much to to try and improve it in which case good luck to him that's a good thing but anyway and he just it, it looked like he was hoping for errors from Medvedev and if we've learned anything over the past four months it's that Medvedev doesn't make many of them and it just felt like there's just no way. There's just no way. This can't, you can't see a path for for Zverev to to punch a hole in the Medvedev, Medvedev game, and so it proved. What what he said afterwards was fascinating, wasn't it, Zverev? About Medvedev, that he he said he's playing tennis that we haven't seen before. Mm. Which I must admit, I, I if somebody had told me at the start of the year that anybody would be saying that about Daniel Medvedev, I've that would have seemed absurd to me. But what do you make of that, Matt? Well, it was at the start of the year when I was really trying to figure out what made Medvedev good because he was winning all these. He was winning quite a lot of matches at the back end of last year, and at the start of this year, he was looking quite good. And I was trying to think, what actually is it about him that is good? And I honestly couldn't figure it out. I think I wrote one of my blogs at the Australian Open about that. What makes this guy good? And as the years gone on and particularly in this stretch we're on now where he just has won what is it 29 of his last 32 matches I've tried to stop figuring out what it is because I think when you're looking for that you're often comparing him to other players you're trying to think oh does he do this as well as someone else you look for something relatable but maybe Zverev's right and maybe Medvedev does just play a brand of tennis that when you're up against it is unlike anything that anyone else is producing. And perhaps that is his greatest strength, the, the sort of uniqueness of his game and the way that his ball is different to other people and what he makes you do, the way he targets your weaknesses, I think. And all this creates a kind of package that 
He's quite difficult to understand when you watch him, but I think the results and probably are when there. you face him when you as well. exactly That's the thing. when you face him, it's like how do I beat this guy? Because he doesn't look brilliant. It's almost like it tricks your mind. It's like, I should be beating this guy, but I can't. There was that great question. Somebody said, I think, intimated that is it a question that he's almost boring you into yeah. defeat? Um, and I mean, it sounds like a terrible, terribly negative question, but you you can see the genesis, you understand the genesis of it. And Zverev, I mean, he was really fulsome in his praise for for Medvedev. He really clearly rates him. Equally, I guess he it might be slightly diversionary to sort of deflect us from his own shortcomings in that final because four and one is a it's it's a pretty rough scoreline, isn't it for for Zverev? And it seemed. It seems more one-sided than that in the in in the, the tennis that I saw, um, but he's he, mentally. I mean, this is this was the subject that we came on to last night. Is that you two and Catherine's brother Math were all absolutely raving about Medvedev uh, and and particularly hailing his mental strength. Um, I was saying, well, he's had a good four months. Which he has. He's had a good four months. Let's see how he's getting on in a few months' time, shall we? But I think he's had a a he, really, really, really good four months. Like, this is a four months yeah. that we've not seen from anyone outside of the big four for years. Th- this, this hasn't happened. Like, people have had a good tournament. We were talking about the excitement that we've all felt for Shapovalov briefly for Sitsipas for a bit longer but Medvedev has sustained this level of performance now over four Hold on months. A minute. You, you can't put Sitsipas and Shapovalov remotely in the same stratosphere. No, precisely. Exactly. You said a bit a bit you said a bit longer. Come on, Sitsipas has broken through at the end of last year, had significant results, he's won the next year and he's come out and he's beaten Roger Federer at the Australian Open. I mean, he's done a lot. Yeah, okay. He's done. He's done more than sit than Shapovalov, and Medvedev has done more than Sitsipas by a similar, you know, ratio up. I think. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. Help me, Catherine. So, Ka- Ka- Catherine, have you, Catherine accused me of ruining Daniel Medvedev for her. Yeah. Last night. <laughs> you said that. I. I. I mean, I was just saying. Yeah, I don't need to go over again just how much I enjoyed uh, his his stuff at the US Open. It was great, um, and you've 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 basically said we'll never see any of that again. You said those antics were more or less a one-off. We may see them occasionally, but more than likely he'll be picking up big guarantees and sponsorships and taking Saudi money. So what are we (laughs) left with? The memories and the metronomic winning of titles. And then I died inside. (laughs) Yeah, first of all, I should say that the Saudi money references the fact that he's playing the exhibition in Saudi Arabia with Stan Wawrinka and who else? I can't remember who else. I think it's top players Uh, yet to be announced. Yeah, which which bears mentioning, and you're absolutely right, I was was horrified when I saw the announcement of that event and that Medvedev and Wawrinka are playing in it. And as previously expressed, I have concerns. It was an awful turtleneck on the cover of Vogue. <laughs> um, I am, I am, I'm worried because I want Daniil Medvedev of US Open 2019 to be preserved forevermore. But I wasn't expecting to have my my hopes 
shattered and thrown in my face like shards of glass by the most upbeat man I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, I should say, I do think an awful lot of Daniel Medvedev as well. I was particularly won over by his behaviour at the US Open also. Um, And look, I have actually no problem with him, generally speaking, cashing in on on the success he's having. I I don't like the Saudi Arabia match. I don't think that should be happening. Uh, I have no problem with him taking you know whatever sponsorships etc that he's able to get but I, do, I just don't want him to change i don't want him to change now i know that's what you don't want him to do what i'm saying is that i think i don't know i i i think he was he was shaken by the reaction to that and i don't think it all in a good way i think there's a bit of him that thought oh you know i i, I could probably give myself a quieter life if i don't do that and um and I, I'm just not that convinced that we have seen enough to to think that this will necessarily carry on. We don't know whether it I, – I, I'm not convinced it's not just a hot streak at the moment. It may well not be. It may well be more than that. But I, don't, I just – I'm not that convinced yet. I mean, I felt like that in the summer, I must say. I thought – I think our pre-US Open podcast, you know, not to – not to use this word too much, but I don't think we were really putting him in the mix because he hadn't done it at a slam, but he has now done it at a slam, taking Nadal to five sets in the final, and he's not lost a set or a match since then. He's really backed that up, and how often do we see players unable to back up a big result? Okay, he's only done it in two tournaments, but that's more than most players. Not lost a set, blimey. He's not lost a set in winning St. Petersburg and Shanghai. And he he said afterwards, you know, everyone's talking about the need for new guys. I've given them something new. I know I don't celebrate my wins. I get the job done and bam, that's it. And it kind of feels like we've been waiting for this new person. Medvedev stepped up and now we're all like... "Mm." Can it be another new person? <laughs> well, it's only me who's saying it. You, you two are absolutely won over by him. Anyway, I'm, I'm very happy with Daniil Medvedev. Um, Sitsipas, <laughs> the, the Sitsipas handshake was fantastic, by the way, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Just it was sort great. of, you know, it was a kind of I'm going to rise above handshake from Daniil Medvedev and a sort of I'm just going to walk off as quickly as possible, Stefano Tsitsipas. Uh, and what well, you know, it was, it was congratulatory, but uh, you know, he uh, he Stefanos. Sitsipas and his rivalry is going to be one of the, the the cool stories, I think, over the next year. I'm not sure you can come back from calling someone a bullshit Russian, <laughs> especially when you're Sitsipas did. Yeah, especially when you're half Russian yourself. I mean, it's the most <laughs> amazing foundation for a rivalry ever. There's no, there's no, there's no way their relationship shared private jet from uh, Cincinnati, uh, from Washington, Cincinnati, or not. <laughs> they are going to have an aggro rivalry forevermore, and that's Great. just fine. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and also, Sitsipas, he um, he qualified for the ATP finals in the round previous to that. Was that the one where he beat Djokovic? Well, it was, it was, it was actually a missed opportunity, I thought, by the interviewer, because actually Medvedev's win over Fanini in the quarterfinals qualified Sitsipas. So I was hoping the question was going to be, thanks to Medvedev, you're now in the ATP finals. How are you feeling about that? But yeah, Sitsipas, Sitsipas beating Djokovic as, was another way that Sitsipas would have got in. And as, as it happened, both those two things happened. Medvedev won and Sitsipas won. And he found out in real time mm, with the yeah. interviewer. And he was overjoyed, wasn't he? It was a lovely moment, actually. No way! To see... <laughs> 
<laughs> really? Is that is it secure? <laughs> he looked like such Fantastic. a kid, didn't he? He looked like such a kid, and that's what I mean. And that was the the, the really good the good side of Sitsipas looking like a kid. But one mm. of the things that we were saying in the agro uh, WhatsApp chat last night was that Medvedev's attitude highlights the fact that the rest of the next gen i know medvedev isn't officially next gen anymore you know what i mean when i say next gen he makes them look like kids you know medvedev's just getting the job done doing his business not faffing while sitsipas is having a whiny tantrum at his dad and asking him to tie his shoelaces for him (laughs) sitsipas has got two and a half years left though hasn't he he's got two and a half years to make up on Dano Medvedev and two and a half years ago Medvedev was insulting chair umpires by throwing money at them yeah so and he you know. he may well he may well be on the same curve he may well be where Medvedev is now in two years he may well be ahead of it um and uh, that'd be really exciting if it is but we're talking about them in the same same breath in the same sort of bracket therefore we have to compare them what did you think of that that win for Sitsipas over Djokovic? Because didn't see that coming. The way the way the first set went, Djokovic looked brilliant, and I went away for a while, and suddenly came back in midway through the third set, and Sitsipas is really turning turning the tables completely. What well, I think, Matt, you saw that match in in its entirety, didn't you? Yeah, that was the. I thought it was the best match of the week. One of the best matches I've seen quality wise all year. I think. When Djokovic plays like that, you just kind of expect him to win. And I thought Sitsipas did so well to raise his level and kind of force Djokovic down a couple of notches. And by the end, I mean, it was just a joke the way Sitsipas was playing. Such such variety, such sort of potential expansion in his game, the way he can take points away from you, come to the net. Um, and I think I'm right in saying that Djokovic has now lost his most recent matches against a number of the young players um Sitsipas Medvedev team if you put him in that bracket Hatchinov I think have all beaten Djokovic at the most recent time they played him um so pattern is starting to emerge that these young players are managing to beat the top top guys outside of the slams they've just not been able to do it at the slams yet but obviously Medvedev did get close in in New York but yeah Sitsipas it's like someone's just injected life into his season because he looked finished all throughout all since Roland Garros really like he was just sort of crawling to the finish line and suddenly he's rejuvenated and hopefully with the ATP finals that sort of last bit of motivation that he needs to just get over the finish line. I think basically we've we've learned this year that it takes Sitsipas about four months to get over a Grand Slam loss yes. <laughs> or certainly a dramatic five set one uh, <laughs> which is you know endearing but something you might need to work on. According to ATP Media Info on Twitter Sitsipas is the 102nd player to face Djokovic at least three times. He is now only the fourth one of them to have a winning record. He joins Fernando Gonzalez, Ivo Karlovic and Andy Roddick as players who have a winning record over Djokovic with three more matches between them mm. in total. So, I mean, look... It's, will, it's, they, it's, will they? Will Djokovic retire with a winning or losing record against Sitsipas? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, 
I like that one. I'm asking that on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> There's so many um, factors that go into answering that. Yeah. There's, there's some cracking Hence why polls nobody is. Uh, most likely to win a slam in 2020, pole vault. Uh, teams Zverev, Djokovic or Medvedev, or not Djokovic, Tsitsipas or Medvedev. And Medvedev had 70% of the 1,600 votes. That's, that's quite a number, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, Would you go oof. with that? Probably, just. Yeah, not I as mean, overwhelmingly, but yes, no. I probably would just go with Medvedev. Why are you two holding back now after all this Medvedev is the greatest of all time no. stuff? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It depends who we're comparing Medvedev against, I think, is the key to this. If If we're comparing him against the other next gen, to use that term, he is reasonably far ahead with what he's achieved at the moment but if we're comparing him to Federer Nadal Djokovic in terms of possibilities to win grand slams he's still a reasonable way behind I think despite what he did in New York will one of them win a grand slam in 2020 of those four will somebody other I think one of them will yeah thousand votes 70 percent say yes I was quite taken aback by that Catherine's shaking her head at the, the polls, <laughs> I think. Is that, is that this? It's, it's quite interesting now that we, we actually get to see body language now. And uh, because we've got each other on our phones in a FaceTime video conversation, and Catherine can no longer hide the <laughs> eye rolls every time I speak. <laughs> yes, yes, before you just, you just used to be able to feel them. Now you can see them as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it's a good job we haven't videoed. Well, do, do you think all of one of them things. will? Do I th- do I think one of them will? Ooh. No, I don't. So you think no, the big think, three are winning got, are winning all year or all four yeah. next 20, year? 2021 is the year. That's what Andy happen. Murray said. He thought it'd be 2021, yeah. but that was and pre I, sort of Medvedev becoming Medvedev. I'm still going Sitsipas to be the first one. The way he's improving, I know he, he had a dip this summer, and he needs to he needs to sort his schedule out. That what was that match like? Sitsipas Medvedev. Well, I had just a hundred percent confidence that Medvedev was going to win. Yeah, he's five zero ahead of, again ahead of him now, isn't he? Yeah, and Medvedev, he kind of. Well, he he lost serve serving for the match, and you thought, right, this is really Sitsipas's chance to get back in it. But then Sitsipas played the most terrible game. I think it was five all in the second set, and Medvedev then just closed it out. I think he's just got so much confidence built up, and, Medvedev. And the reverse for Sitsipas, we know how aware he is of his losing mm. head to heads because, of course, he scored his oh. first ever win uh, last week over Felix Auger Aliassim, who had beaten him three times previously well they played in juniors hadn't they so it depends whether you count their junior head-to-head I think the most recent defeat to him was uh, at Queen's and afterwards he came out with um, the sort of quotes that you, you'd think that uh, it, it was completely bizarre he just said the guy's just so much better than me I'll never beat him if I ever beat him I'll have to make some sort of donation to charity unspecified donation to charity yeah <laughs> it was Ten, like 10,000 something 
it was like his world had ended. Um, oh. We are unclear on whether that donation to charity is uh, is actually happened of ten thousand. I don't know rubles. No, it's a bit like when I first. What's got the currency in Greece? The, are they in the eurozone? Yes. Yeah. Euros. When, when I was uh, when I was uh, about twelve and I first got interested in this one girl and she turned me down and I was like, I'll never love again. <laughs> yes, exactly that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Don't care what you say, Dad. Anyway, uh, that was uh, back in 1983. <laughs> um, back to the current day, and uh, incidentally, I'm, I'm always quite interested in what uh, in what people have got to say about. I, f- I do find Daniel Medvedev absolutely fascinating mm. as a, as a as a just somebody's just a disruptor that's the word that i don't know where we've used that word but he is the ultimate disruptor isn't he and i asked um whether people had made had sort of become a fan of him over other previous favorites as a result of the last few months and uh alia in london says no but i actively disliked him a mere two months ago i'm now a fan the turning point the u.s open match against lopez he embraced the role of the villain and turned it around Priscilla in Maine says, yes, I used to be all about Sid Sebastian. Now I don't care as much about his results as I do about those of Medvedev. Nina in Canada says, no, he's very likable, but I can't shake the feeling that he's batshit crazy under the self-control. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's loads of opinions out there. I mean, most people have definitely been won over by him. I, I'm, I, I haven't found many people who watched his behavior in New York and didn't like it. You know, most people seem to love it. This is interesting. You know, you sometimes get people on the fence or at least divided about that sort of thing. But no, people loved it. So there we are. There's Daniel Medvedev. There's Shanghai. He's the champion. Um, we, should we should we do just quickly cover Bad Fed? Oh, yeah. In fact, we got Bad Fed and we got Andy Murray telling Fabio Fanini to shut up. Shut up is what he said, um, which is what I've Catherine already, was trying I've to say to me last night. I've already worn a hole in that gif. Yeah, yeah that has gone straight to the top of my best moments of 2019 i think (laughs) i am amazed Catherine, that you didn't manage to dig out that gif last night when we were really going for it i could feel it coming i'm trying to ration myself (laughs) (laughs) um i just i just got the sort of uh kind of she just stopped responding after a while Uh, (laughs) um so what was it fedra you're always doing what was going on with fedra i I, I mean seriously fedra first then okay what was going on with fedra well, he wasn't playing brilliantly, which I think was to? the primary... Zverev. Zverev, yes, that's it. Um, which I think was the primary factor, because there was at one point when he, he walked towards the chair to resume his uh, his verbal battle with the umpire, and the umpire sort of started trying to explain himself a bit, and he said, don't worry, buddy, I've got bigger problems than you, or bigger <laughs> problems than this. Hinting at the fact that <laughs> we wouldn't be having uh, these issues if I were playing better tennis, but we, but he wasn't, and we were having issues. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't watching that match, but I've, I've seen it back, and he got a ball abuse violation for one of the meekest ball abuse violations I think I've ever seen. It was like a he sort of flicked the ball away. Yeah, it was not. I mean, I think the the wording of the ball abuse rule is about has to be sort of out of control or a, a threat of causing 
harm, the possibility of causing harm to somebody. And I think Federer's got a pretty legit argument that that mm. wasn't the case. I've, but I mean, I've if, seen him do worse and not get a not get a ball abuse. I mean, he does occasionally whack the ball out of the stadium, but it was nothing yeah. like that. Um, I mean, I like I like agro fed, but I don't think it helps him really. I think his no. his whole sort of greatness part of it is built on his ability to stay calm and to not lose his head and you know it's it's the whole pep talk he gave Zverev at the Lever Cup and this was this was not that yeah he needed his own pep talk didn't he I agree I as a as a viewer I'm I'm captivated by AgroFed but I don't think it's a good sign for for where his where his tennis is at he uh, also was I mean Zverev played very well in that match and was a worthy winner but there was a there was a period of about fifteen minutes where Federer was a set a break and forty love down, and he produced some of the best tennis I've ever seen to breaks Zverev. It was, you know, you're jumping out of your chair watching it. No matter the fact that he's been playing for twenty years, it's just so hard to believe the shots he was conjuring. <laughs> Zverev down the other end, you, it was all he could do not to shake his head and think, well. What was that? Um, but he he still held it together and and turned it around and won it in three. But it was certainly a reminder from Federer that the magic is still there. It's whether the physical elements can keep up. But there's, there's no real sign of of him losing any of that. Um, he was also grouchy in the press conference afterwards, wasn't he? He gave uh, one of our colleagues a a I don't know pretty snarky response to a perfectly reasonable question. I'm using snarky, by the way, folks, having looked it up in Urban Dictionary. Um, I was just uh, about to say, (laughs) snarky's a good word for it. I I think that's the perfect word for what he was. I think it was out of order, really. I mean, plenty of other players do it, um, behave that way um, in in press conferences in response to completely legitimate questions. Um, and we always say, you know, why can't they be more like Federer, who is endlessly patient? <laughs> so I think, you know, we should point out when Federer is not like Federer. And, and the, and the was, question was, was just why, why he was upset, wasn't it? it was yeah, why, could you just wh- explain in your own words why, why you were upset with the umpire in the situation? Completely legit question. Fe- Federer just paused and said, what? Do you want to put it on Twitter or something? Yeah, and then he yeah. and then he and then he did, th- and then he said something else, RC, and then said next question. <laughs> so a b- bit like me last night, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that's Federer. Yeah, I was. I Shut was. Up. I was. I was very grouchy last night, um, and I was busting for a fight about frankly nothing. That's something <laughs> your brother said, wasn't it? He said I quite like it when Federer knows he's being an idiot, but he does it anyway. And I, and that was kind of what I was doing last night, <laughs> quite honest. The um, one so and only I, comparison this week between David Law and Roger Federer. Yeah. Got to have something in common, haven't we? Um, Andy Murray telling Fabio Fanini to shut up was was magical. Um, and for the fact that Fanini just wound him up so much, it was just like the old times. It was great. Um, but, but he twice served for the match under those circumstances and didn't win the match. Which I, I would say is is simply um, an element of just where he is in his comeback. Those senses are not quite refined just yet, but they will be. Yeah, it was still all good news, wasn't it? It was it, the performance was good news. I still thought it was a a step up on even what we'd seen the previous week, even on the 
the Berrettini win and and um, what was the win prior to the Berrettini win in uh, I always want to say Tennis Angren, but it's not Tennis Angren. Um, uh, whoever he beat in uh, Beijing Cameron before Norrie, Berrettini. Yes, I thought it was a step up on that, even though he lost. Um, because tennis, tennis wise, it was just more evidence that it was there. You know, the Andy Murray hustling. It was, it was something really evocative about watching old school Andy Murray hustling. Old school Andy Murray hustling. Andy Murray aggro and irritation at himself, um, and then the this the despair and disappointment in the press conference afterwards at having lost. It was so great to see how gutted he was at having lost. You know, he was asked, I think, you know, can can you take positives in that match given how well you played at this stage of your comeback? And he said, no, I'm just really, really gutted right now, which is yeah. great. Absolutely great. And Matt thinks he's winning in Antwerp this week. Oh yeah, this was good. Yeah, this was good. We ran a so we we got this uh, this line on on WhatsApp, and I ran a poll vault, and I said, uh, "Who said this tonight? Title for Murray in Antwerp, unless Kim goes into labour. She's pregnant, by the way, folks, because we found that out in the Times. Um, calling it now, liking this draw. Mm. And I said, "Who said that?" Um, and uh, the results came in, and fifty four percent of the six hundred plus people thought that I said it. <laughs> Uh, 25% thought that Catherine said it and a mere 14% thought that you said it just ahead of Rosie on 9%. Um, but, uh, but it was in fact Matt. So explain yourself, Matt. Well, I was in Valencia. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I was one or two sangrias down, but, um, (laughs) but no, I, I genuinely think completely agree with what you've been saying about Mario. I just think he's actually playing pretty well. He's lost to really top, good players who are in form and I'm not really seeing them necessarily in his draw in, in Antwerp. I think he's got Copians and then maybe Del Bonis, Schwartzman, Goffin, Monfils is a sort of potential title run. I mean I'm sure it won't end up like that. But if if Murray can play as he has been, I could I could see him see him winning those matches. And I think the fact that he's wow. he's looking stronger towards the end of matches is such a positive as well. You know, he was sort of bent over double against who was it, Alex de Menor a few weeks ago in Zuhai after a couple of hours, but he's lasting till the end now in these physical physical matches. So yeah, I've given myself a little caveat. If uh, if Kim can go into labour, that would get me out of that prediction. But um, no, I'm I'm sta- <laughs> standing by it. <laughs> imagine, imagine what. A- story that would be yeah yeah i mean as i said we we didn't even think he was a tennis player anymore let alone a title Mm. winning one it's it really would be remarkable spent six minutes talking about andy murray we haven't mentioned the hip which is good news because because you spend a whole match watching andy murray and you don't think about the hip Mm. yeah no you're right Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Coco Goff, at the age of 15, is a champion in Linz and she was that horrible tennis expression, a lucky loser because she lost in qualifying, got into the draw because somebody else pulled out, and ended up winning the whole tournament. She beat three current or former top 10 players in Kiki Burton's Andrea Petkovic, and then Yelena Ostapenko in the final. She was absolutely fantastic. And I think we're all quite careful about the hype around Coco Golf, But the way she plays... I mean, hype is, is impossible. To, sort of excitement around her is impossible. This is the first player. She's the youngest player to win a title on the WTA Tour since Nicole Vydasova in 2004. And I remember Vydasova back then. She was a big ball striker. Coco Goff, there's a lot more to her than a big ball striker. 2004 being the year that Coco Goff was born. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's the way that she plays this sort of smart, mature tennis beyond her years. And I thought the final against Ostapenko kind of just exposed that. You know, Ostapenko is is obviously a grandstand champion, but she's not an intelligent tennis player. And, you know, she's she's capable of hitting unbelievable winners and she's great to watch when she's doing that. But you don't really get the sense that she's thinking that tactically about the match. Whereas Coco Goff, you absolutely do. Um, there was a really interesting coaching session just as she had failed once to serve it out. I think her her father, Corey Goff, came on and said, we're not going to sprint to the finish. We're going to walk there, which was not only good advice for Coco Goff, but also, I think, kind of good advice for everyone talking about Coco Goff in that, you know, this isn't a sprint. She doesn't need to get there straight away. She has got many years ahead of her and she will go hopefully she'll be allowed to go at her own pace and if she is you have to think that she will get there because she just seems to have the goods Mm. I I still 
I, I would like it if they just frankly left it at that, really, rather than I saw one graphic put up. I'm not sure who produced it, but uh, Patrick Moritoglu tweeted his congratulations, and there was a graphic next to his tweet saying, born for this, I think it was. And and I just sort of, and you know, there's it, it, it's very difficult for sponsors, etc., not to want to make the the most out of this already um and there's the the call me coco campaign and all this sort of thing because her name is still down as cory goff in the in the uh the the media guide and all that sort of thing but i just feel i just feel a little bit uncomfortable with all that um i'd I'd like them to just let her play when she plays and leave the rest of it alone i mean i know that's really naive but yeah the level of commercial um, exploitation of her uh, makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. And I, I know that's, um, I know that is a very negative way of putting it. But I don't see how it can be anything other than exploitative with a with a fifteen year old. You know, she's <laughs> she's she's below the age of consent for all the things that require you know, full engagement and development of of critical faculties. Therefore, there should be an element for me of protection. If I don't know, I, I'm, it's so difficult, but I know how I felt when I saw her doing that thing of making sure she had her watch on, um, her sponsor's watch for the um, presentation ceremony. And I didn't, it, it made me wince. And I wanted to just enjoy the moment of seeing a, a young person do an incredible thing and not sort of think about what it all means and worry that she's going to be commercially exploited and all the rest of it. But having said all that, she is now, I think, guaranteed to make the main draw of the Australian Open. I think she's top 80, actually. Um, And that's great. I want to see her at the Australian Open. I want to see what she can do. But I am absolutely for... um, uh, um, Just tapering the hype a bit and letting her just be and develop and and figure out who she is the good the good news is she does seem to be well she seems to be really enjoying it she seems to be thriving whilst all this is going on um and all i can say is long may that continue let's hope that 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 is the way it continues to go uh the player she beat in the final yelena ostapenko coached by marion bartley I, i don't remember that announcement but i found that really interesting to watch Bartley as coach on the sidelines that's the first time I've seen her in that role um but having commentated with her I can see what she would have to offer she she's a fascinating analyst to listen to and Ostapenko has been crying out for some new guidance really um so maybe this is the start of something yeah it's a really interesting one um because she's not a I don't feel like she engages brain very much Osipenko. it's you know it's see ball hit ball isn't it i'm not sure she's thinking oh what would my what would my coach want me to do here how would how would she want me to hit this tennis ball where should i direct it it's just thump hit and hope um so yeah i find it interesting because Bartley is a, a tactician she's a really good analyst of the game and of course she had a lot of variety in her own game. So, I mean, I don't think variety is ever going to be the spice of Yelena Ostapenko's life, but um, bringing a bit more of that into it, because she got, (laughs) 
she got so tactically outplayed by by Coco Goff, a fifteen year old, didn't she? She got um, she got given a masterclass really in that department. So if she's willing to listen and and make changes, then I'm I'm quite excited about that partnership. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll watch with that with interest. Uh, another winner out of the blue, or at least finalist run, was Heather Watson, who ended up getting to the final in Tianjin, beaten by Rebe- Rebecca Pettersson in the final. But Watson's first final on the WTA Tour for three years. Um, and, I mean, she's down at 125 in the world, so she's she struggled. But that that's a big, big result for her. Yeah, she's had some, she's had some decent results, I think, you know, on the level kind of below the WTA tour this year was in the ITFs. I think she's won a couple of titles and that's kind of what it looked to me on the court this week. Like she had found a bit of confidence out of nowhere. She was a lot less, I always think she kind of has, has a bit of trouble, trouble finishing points, Heather Watson, but she was a lot more aggressive when she was in the right position and she looked far happier, far more confident on the court it was a real shame that the final was, um, well, heavily delayed by rain. They had to go indoors. I mean, there, there was only marginally more people than were at our match, David, um, which is which is not a not a sort of glowing review, really. If you count the folks that were playing t- cardio tennis and uh, having the odd glance over, I think possibly Robert's Law was better attended. Mm, I think you could be right, actually. <laughs> What Watson, despite straight sets defeat, was rather more competitive than I was. Um, but anyway, but, and, uh, so anyway, well done, Heather Watson. And I must, and I must say, Rebecca Pettersson is is one of those players whose name I found popping up a lot this year, and that yeah. that normally means you're doing quite well, I think. And I, I had a look, and it's, it's a bit like Sophia Kennan, isn't it? Somebody like that who just keeps on, yeah, yeah, and producing and, some results and becoming rele- relevant. She's more or less halved her ranking this year, Rebecca Pettersson. She's up inside the top forty now, so she she's really having a, a good season. I think this was her last event. Hmm. Uh, one Sebastian Cabal and Robert Farah are the year-end world number one doubles pair so congratulations to them and they've, they've done that pretty early on um, and they'll of course be at the ATP finals in a few weeks time at the O2 Arena um, we've also had a new coaching alliance between Dan Evans and Mark Hilton not a great surprise they worked together before and Evans now the new British number one for the first time. I read some quotes today from him, Catherine, saying that to his mind, Andy Murray is still the British number one. But, you know, he's he's clearly chuffed. And, and I mean, overall, when you consider the low ebb that he's come from, obviously self-caused because of the suspension he had but it's pretty mind-blowing isn't it what he's achieved I mean I think it also shines a spotlight on how much of a tough time Kyle Edmonds had seven match losses in a row but Evans has just kept on producing yeah and um, it's going to be interesting to see how how high that ranking can go sort of what his I think we're going to finally find out what the natural ceiling is for for yeah. Dan Evans, because Matt and I were discussing this um, on the train, the train back from Solihull on um, on Tuesday. He doesn't. We were discussing it in the context of the Davis Cup and and what we could perhaps expect from him in the Davis Cup finals. Assuming he assuming he makes the team, which you'd which you'd think he would. Um, you don't think of him as somebody 
necessarily uh he he doesn't punch above his ranking that often yeah you can pick out the odd win you know particularly most of them i think at slam level chilich at the australian open uh, a couple of years ago he had that win against nishikori of course that performance uh, against vavrinka at the us open but basically week in week out on the tour he plays to his ranking and over the last year or so we've been discovering what that ranking is and i i think you know injury permitting over the next six months, we will finally find out what the kind of baseline natural ranking is of of Dan Evans. I'm not sure top 30 is quite possible. What do you think? I, th- I think it might be. I mean, he, he yeah. thinks he's still got further to go. And I mean, look, he's he's come very close in some Grand Slam matches now, which would have put him into... You know, you could imagine. I could imagine him being a last sixteen player at Wimbledon. I mean, he was very close to that, wasn't he? Against uh, against Sosa at, uh, at Wimbledon. I could definitely imagine him being in second week of of, of Wimbledon. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think he has got top thirty in him if he keeps going the way he is. I mean, he's twenty nine years of age. I think you're right that this is the time we find out his ceiling because. I don't think there's that many miles on the clock in, in, in as much as, I mean, he thinks he can play to mid-30s is what he was saying in these quotes today. Um, and I could believe that. Um, the, the interview uh, on the BBC Sport website, I think with Russell, Russell Fuller. Um, yeah, he wants to play into his mid-30s. Now, a lot can happen, but I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw him go off the rails again. I think he's old enough and mature enough now to realise, you know, this isn't going to last forever. I've got to make the most of this. Do you think he will relish Andy Murray coming back in the frame and kind of the pressure or the attention being away from Dan Evans again? Because naturally I mean, it's going to fall yeah, on Murray again. Yes and no. I, I, I remember last at the US Open, Catherine, you interviewed Evans, didn't you? You asked him about pressure and he said, no pressure on me. <laughs> you know, he really was... He was dismissive of that, wasn't he? He just couldn't understand how, why there would be any pressure on him. Um, and I, th- I think that that's kind of how his mind works. I don't really. I think within a match, he can find himself feeling pressured because he realizes just how much is on it. But I, d- I don't think he gives a stuff what anybody thinks out there. Mm. I don't think he cares about what any of us are talking about, what any any of the fans are talking about. I don't think it bothers him in the slightest, really. Um, and, and it's so, and it's quite interesting that he's with Mark Hilton because you know that what you've just said there about Dan Evans, you, I don't think applies to Carl Edmund. I think he does no. care more about what other people think, and he does feel that pressure. And it's, it's an interesting. I think that I, I read some quotes from Dan Evans saying that what makes Hilton a good coach is he is adaptable. The way he can coach someone like Edmund successfully, as he did for a long period, and Dan Evans so be interesting to see how that how Hilton goes back to being with a player of Dan Evans's character rather than Carl Edmund yeah uh incidentally that's the the current state of, of British tennis on the men's side and we've obviously discussed uh, Heather Watson Joe Conter I think I think he's going to play in Zuhai but I'm not 100% sure she's not playing uh Moscow because of the ongoing knee injury she's had uh Jack Draper the young teenager has had a couple of notable results in the last week he beat Jack Sock um in three sets I know Jack Sock's 
not playing that much at the moment and he's working his way back but still it's a good win on paper and he also beat Donald Young and I, I can only aside from what you see on on the court which is a player with clear talent and athleticism. I just like the way Jack Draper carries himself. I like the look in his eye. When I, I met him briefly at Queen's and just he's got a really solid feel to him. The way the way he carries himself. He's a strapping lad and he I feel like he has got his eye on making the most of it. You know, I don't I I don't I, I don't know whether you, have you two come into touch with him at all? Have you seen him much of him? I remember watching him uh, with my family in the uh, junior, the boys' Wimbledon final last year, 2018, uh, which he which he lost. But we were we were impressed with his shot making ability and his his attitude. Yeah, I mean, if if the other sort of British youngsters are the next gen, he's the Daniil Medvedev. I think I think he has just a bit more of something about him, a bit more belief, a bit more swagger. Mm. Swags, swags the word for me. Yeah, he's he's got that. Mm. I think he's. I, did I read that he's the youngest player in the top four hundred now? So, oh really? So I think you know he's he's very much going in the right direction, isn't he? And be interesting yeah. next year. will probably, if he wants to keep progressing, next year will be a big year when he starts playing more regularly on the challenger circuit. I suppose. Yeah, and maybe trying to qualify for a t- few tour events, maybe mm. something mm. like that. I guess we'll see whether he can get up, get high enough. Maybe he gets a few wild cards into qualifying, that sort of thing. Anyway, that's the tennis of the week. What about our Davis Cup by Rackerton finals competition for those tickets and a trip, flights, hotel to Madrid, November 18th to the 24th? We've been running this competition for a few weeks now, and it is finally time to find out who's won it. It has been won. By Mr. Tim Lee, who came out of the uh, the random number selector that Matt sent me, so that we could draw it out. Um, and uh, so I think we better give him a call and find out what he thinks of it. Hi, Tim speaking. Hello, Tim. <laughs> Hi, David. Hello, Tim. Hello. Uh, you are our winner. I'm delighted to say. <laughs> You're joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You are going to be going, should you be free, and uh, a guest of your choice to the Davis Cup Finals in Madrid. How does that sound? That sounds incredible. Thank you so much. Oh, pleasure. A pleasure. So the correct answer was indeed the 2015 uh, year that we first did our Davis Cup Finals daily podcasts, and uh, you got it right. And uh, so you're the first one out of the hat. I say out of the hat. We actually did one of those... uh, electronic number generators because apparently uh putting pieces of paper in a hat these days is a bit outdated but anyway your name came out so a very big congratulations from all of us <laughs> wow that's just incredible thank you so i don't think new zealand are in the davis cup finals <laughs> so who do you want to see no <laughs> great britain you want to see great britain absolutely yeah that's fantastic why great britain uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm English. I just uh, I've lived in New Zealand for a couple of years, but um, yeah, Andy Murray's been my favourite player since uh, since first seeing at Wimbledon as a 18 year old. So um, yeah, I can't wait to see him play oh, again. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, he said he wants to play. So uh, I mean, fitness permitting, I suppose. But yeah, he wants to play. That's brilliant. Um, now I've I've been looking up over the last uh, 20 minutes how far away. Where is it you live? What, what's, the, what's the town called? 
Uh, it sounds called Tianao. It's uh, right down the bottom of the South Islands. Yeah. See, I've looked this up, and <laughs> it says the flight is 35 hours. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I think I've uh, probably got the longest way to go out of anyone who entered the competition. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. It'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it really will. Yeah, huge congratulations. Thanks for entering. Thanks for listening. And um, hope you have a fantastic time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. So that's Tim Lee, our winner. How cool is that? He's going to Madrid. Isn't that lovely? It's, it's very, very lovely. It took you a long time to twig that he um, he was that was a British accent. Yeah. Well, did you get it straight away? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose I was listening out for it because I was intrigued about you know because New Zealand obviously aren't going to be in the Davis Cup finals. But but I mean, accent identification is 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 a skill of mine. I suppose <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, yeah. Well, we all know I'm not the sharpest. <laughs> So, uh, I didn't mean. Anyway. I didn't mean to to, <laughs> so, anyway, to make you feel he's, bad he's about gonna... your accent identification. <laughs> it was just quite sweet when you uh, asked anyway. him who he was going to be supporting. Like, mate, New Zealand haven't made it. Who are you going to support? <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, um, you're going to meet up with him uh, when you're over there in Madrid. Listen, folks, just to give you an idea of what this all means, we have in our two days of meetings and. Uh, and one-sided defeat at the hands of Matt Roberts a couple of days ago in Solid Hall. We had, we had lots of meetings, and we were talking about what's coming up, and we are going for it. We are going to do daily editions of the Tennis Podcast, podcast uh, from the WTA Finals. Well, we're going to try, because <laughs> um, none of us are there, and uh, we're all doing other things, and, uh, and I'm going to be commentating on it for BT Sport. Catherine's going to be presenting Paris that week for Amazon Prime Video, uh, but we're still going to give it a go. We're going to try and produce uh, daily editions of the, the WTA Finals uh, as a podcast. We'll do the same from the Fed Cup Final, from the ATP Finals at the O2 Arena, and then Matt here is going to Madrid. So we can do daily shows from the Davis Cup by Rakuten Finals. Matt, uh, you're going to meet up with Tim. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. He was. I, I love. I loved how sort of genuinely speechless he was at the start of that uh, phone call. That is. That's kind yeah. of. I imagine myself reacting a bit like that, sort of unable to get my words out that I'm going to a tennis event. Um, <laughs> so yeah, really, no, we all really, and it was. It was overwhelming actually. The number of sort of entrance we got from really all over the world um and of course it, it, it sort of would be the one that was furthest away that came out of the random number generator yeah but h- how long is the trip 35 hours something like that yeah just the 35 hours so you know <laughs> Pack a couple of good books, Tim, um, and, uh, and Matt will see you over there. Uh, we will be back with you next week for another tennis podcast. Catherine and I will get together. I think Matt's on the other side of the world himself. Matt, you're from another one of your holidays. You've been to Valencia this week, seen you with paella and beer. Uh, where are you going next week? Next week I'm going to Washington, D.C. So if anyone has, any, if anyone has any recommendations, send us an email. <laughs> Right, I'll be in Solly Hall then. Um, and I might meet up with Catherine next week. Brilliant. Have a lovely time. Thank you. Um, we have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Our mascot is Rio with a Y. Listen to us every week. Tell everybody you know. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing out before we go, Catherine? Oh, no, don't think so.
not a thing. We're, we're, we're all podcasted out, folks. Catherine was just uh, so logging we'll... off then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine's gone, everybody. So we might as well go as well. Uh, so see you next week. <laughs> New podcast. And uh, bye-bye for now. 